the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, it is Friday. We have made it to Friday. It is the uh, final Friday in July. It's been a very rainy month. And then August 1st, we'll start coming up on Sunday. Well, Governor McKee has, in fact, now reacted to this whole controversy regarding Mayor Jorge Eloja. He talked to Channel... I I thought Governor McKee um, struck the right tone. I'll play it for you. But he did speak out, and um, this is what Governor Dan McKee told Channel 12. Um, I think we have it right here. Hold on, here we go. Well, first, like I said last night, it was all about the water fire. So uh, I think anything that was um, was said there was inappropriate uh, in terms of the fact that it was about the water fire. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. And then, um, and then, as far as what's happening right now, I'm really looking forward to the uh, to the uh, ratification of the contract and. I'm looking forward to work working with anyone that uh, either elected official or community official that's looking for the out for the best interest of the um, of the students and the families that live in Providence. Do you think that this was a political move? Obviously, he's likely to be running against you next year. Yeah, I'll just leave it at I think his, his behavior was inappropriate for under the circumstances. You know, Mayor Lorza did not um, he did not back down. Uh, Mayor Lorza, I mean. Listen, it's a, as much as I'm enjoying it, it's it's a bad look. It is, um, it, it's really a bad look for him. He refuses to apologize over it. He's trying to tie it in with the teacher's contract. But ultimately, this was, um, and the, the Providence FOP, and I don't blame them, Providence police are just hammering him with this, with uh, in saying that they found the video of him appalling. So Mayor Lorza, this is the second time this week he's kind of, Come unglued. This was the incident. You gotta face the community on this. Coward? Did he just call the governor a coward? Providence Mayor Jorge Alonso was hot and bothered before they lit the water fire Jorge he was last night and fuming over the new contract the state just cut with the teachers union. And then no apology from Alonso at the boot. No, today. not at all. And there's a political aspect to this whole yep. incident that cannot be ignored. That's right. NBC 10's Brian Crandall has the latest developments in Providence. Folks, this the is NBC 10. The outburst from Mayor Jorge Alorza teachers contract. But next year's governor's race is a backdrop. That's right. Whoa. 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 No apology from Alorza today. But he's been hiding. Was this a political calculation? Did you lose your temper? Is that what you intended yep. to happen? No, it was not a political cal- political calculation. It was. This is an issue. And you know, if I've been vocal on one issue of the years, it's on this issue of education. Alorza is upset McKee has not made public details of the teacher's contract brokered by the governor's team. NBC 10 political analyst Wendy Schiller on whether the confrontation could impact the potential election showdown yes. between Alorza and McKee next year, or if it looks bad for the mayor. So, of course, we're all talking about this confrontation, and we're all seeing it, and we may judge it in one way or the other, but we're talking about Jorge Alorza today. And, of course, if you're looking at to win statewide office, that's not a bad thing for the mayor. Alorza says the governor should ask himself why he wants to be governor. The opportunity to make a difference and to make change was teed up right there ready and waiting for him and he didn't take it that's disappointing 
I'll segue off that and ask you, Mayor, why you want to be governor, and is this kind of your launching off point to separate a different? He won't answer that. Governor? I haven't made a decision on that. Yeah. McKee has claimed the Lures had his chance to fix Providence schools, but instead they failed. The governor was not talking today. Here's what he said after the incident last night. I'll have more to say about that uh, at my Tuesday press conference, and let's hope that the uh, contract does get ratified on Friday. The teachers are set to vote on that contract tomorrow. Alorza wants the deal put on hold. I'm Brian Crandall, NBC 10 News in Providence. Jorge Alorza. So, you know, I just disagree with Wendy Schiller. This whole thing of, hey, hey this is this great. He's running for governor, and they're talking about him. Uh, yeah, they were talking about Anthony Weiner too. How did that work out? You know, the, the whole element of uh, no publicity is bad publicity. Yeah, maybe if you're like a rapper trying to sell a song, but for someone who's trying to be the governor in a city of lawlessness and the ATVs and the gang problem and all the problems they're having, and, and he's lecturing McKee and going off and like ready to fight, it is a bad look without question. No way. It is a bad look. He did not look good there in any way. Governor McKee, I mean, what is he supposed to say? Uh, I thought it was inappropriate. He lost his cool. There's a lot of that. And you know what's amazing is the progressives. People wouldn't guess this. So I'm not going to say guess which part. I'll just tell you. They are all upset over the fact that the uh, state police detail with Governor McKee, that they held Alorza back as he came menacing charging towards him finger out looking like listen he was going to punch governor mckee he was going to get up into his face and punch him and say what are you going to do about it i mean that that's that was the end goal no one can get away from that uh no one's going to tell me differently i watched it that's exactly what he was going to do all right a lot ahead you're listening to the john DePietro show well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers and won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time full-time, maybe weekend work, you need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession. MEGA Professionals, call them today, 508 508- 336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional? has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. It's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. 
call JKL 401-351-7600. Remember, JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's JKL. Call them 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. Nicole, folks, joining us right Right now, as I said, is Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, and now CriticalRace.org, president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. It is my absolute pleasure and honor to welcome to the program the one and only William Jacobson. Good afternoon, Bill Jacobson. Thanks for having me on. First of all, thank you for everything you do. Your website is absolutely rocketing right now. You introduced us to Nicole Salas. You introduced us to Ramona Bessinger. And Bill Jacobson, I'm willing to bet that there are other teachers out there that probably have a similar story to tell. Well, I think there are. I mean, I think people just need some examples of coming forward. And Nicole, who's not a teacher, she's uh, just a local mother, but also Ramona, who is a teacher. People need to alert the world to what's going on. And and at Legal Insurrection Foundation, this is what we do. We bring forward stories. We vet them. We um, highly rated for accuracy of our reporting. And we want to hear from people. If you're a parent, if you're a teacher, uh, and you see things that are going on, you can come to LegalInsurrection.com. We have a contact form, and you can contact us. And we want to hear from you. I can't promise that we'll publish something. We do an extensive vetting process to make sure that you are who you say you are and that your facts are right. But if the story checks out and if we think it's newsworthy, we're, you know, we want to put it on the website and get it some attention. Bill Jacobson, um, right now we're in mid to late July. When when did critical race theory first start to appear on, on your radar and the radar of legal insurrection? Well, I've actually followed it really almost since law school because one of my classmates, um, Kimberly Crenshaw, is one of the developers of critical legal theory and eventually critical race theory. So I've always been aware of it. That's going back to 1984. um, And I was at Harvard Law School, which is where critical race theory and critical legal theory really developed. If you look at the early people, the early professors doing it, that's where it was. So I've been aware of it for over 30 years. It was more and more on our radar, but it really jumped onto my radar last summer. It was almost now to the day that the president of Cornell University announced uh, in the wake of the George Floyd killing and the protests and the riots that Cornell was going to become an anti-racist campus. And I really wasn't sure what that meant. And they assigned, not assigned, but proposed summer reading for the entire university. Ibram Kendi's book, How to Become an Anti, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and it was available free to people who had a you know Cornell ID. So I read it, and I was absolutely horrified. It was an ideology which, while they use the term anti-racist, that's complete deception. It is actually a very racially discriminatory ideology. And so I read this thing, and I said, "Oh my God!" Uh, and we started to look into it at the foundation. We have researchers. And originally I was going to write a, an op-ed or an article someplace about it. And the deeper we got into it, the, the more we realized how pervasive it was. And, and so we rolled out a website in February called criticalrace.org, which documents uh, critical race training in higher education. We have an interactive map. You can click on a state, click on a school and see what's happening. And then we began to hear from people all over the country because the website got a lot of attention um we got a million views within a day of us taking it public wow and yeah wow so uh so we began to hear from parents saying when are you going to do k through 12 and so we hadn't really been alerted until about february that k through 12 is really where the problem is i read is pretty far gone already yeah but k through 12 is where the action is so i'd say it's been a progression since last summer but certainly by February of this year, it was front and center for us. Folks, again, we're speaking with uh, Bill Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, also founder of Legal Insurrection. But we're really trying to highlight the website now, which is criticalrace.org. And he's also the president of the Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. You know, Bill, you've been in academia and been in that world 
what what really stood out to me um, in speaking to Ramona yesterday, which was like suddenly she noticed all of these poorly written pamphlets and being distributed and clean out these books and this is the new way and like just that in itself raises red flags because it was it's pretty unprecedented and it's normally pretty difficult to get uh, onto the list of like required reading and uh, really have schools pick up your uh, published literature and that to me like really stood out to me simply because I have family members that are in education and they talk about how difficult it is to somehow get something in and approved in school departments to pick it up and Boy, that was a real red flag that they they just started writing, and not even in in book form, but like in pamphlet form. Yes, I mean that that is truly astounding that something could just show up like that. Usually, it's a whole process to change a curriculum, and particularly where the books that were being used, which are great authors, and including great African American authors, just being literally people coming into the classroom. And boxing them up to be recycled. This is something out of like a horror movie about, you know, a totalitarian society where they just come in and they start grabbing great novels and replacing them with propaganda pamphlets. Uh, this is something you would expect in the, you know, Chinese Cultural Revolution time. So that was really, that really jumped out at me that, you know, this change, how, how does this happen? And I don't know how it happened in Providence. I mean, that's something that maybe we'll get into. But one of the things people need to realize, there is enormous, enormous, I can't emphasize how much money is behind the effort to change curriculums around the country, to change uh, and to push things towards a a race-based or race-oriented curriculum. There are hundreds of organizations. Uh, We documented this on the website, we found that uh, one of them, a coalition of over 300 groups, including the National Education Association, um, created a messaging guide um, on a group called Future of Learning. It's 300 groups, a coalition, including national unions, and they are funding a lot of this stuff. Their members are funding huge foundations. This myth that somehow there's all sorts of right-wing dark money behind the anti-CRT pushback. It's exactly the opposite. There's hundreds of millions of dollars going into pushing this stuff. And what you have in reality is a lot of parents like Nicole standing up and saying, wait a second, this isn't what I bargained for here. What, what is the, uh, the win for, in fact, say, the AFT or NEA Rhode Island, Randy Weingarten, what, what's their angle of why they're going so deep on this and getting behind it? I don't know, but the unions are behind a lot of this. They are all on board with it. Uh, I don't know what their ultimate agenda is. So I can't really speak to that. Some of them are probably true believers. They Hmm. believe this stuff. Um, And others, it's a power thing. Uh, So I don't really know what their end game is, but I know that what the result is going to be is more racial strife, not less. And it's going to be more teachers like Ramona who feel they're being targeted because of their skin color. So that's, that's what's going to happen. But I don't know what the unions have for this. Folks, again, we're speaking with Bill Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, also president of the Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. And if you're listening right now and you happen to be a teacher related to one, please visit the website. Or, folks, if you're just a parent and you want to learn more, visit the website, which is criticalrace.org. You know, Bill, something that also stood out to me with um, both Nicole and Ramona is they kind of went into this trying to well start, i'll start with nicole she started out as just a parent that wanted to find out more information and was almost taken aback at how quickly they go to the mat and almost you know i mean that was really still incredible how they put her name and they may take legal action like they they don't hesitate to immediately bring out the big guns and try to make an example out of her well, that was what was so amazing about Nicole is that she was, in a sense, an involuntary activist. Yeah. She only became publicly known when they put her name on the school committee agenda to possibly sue her. I mean, who does that? Nobody does that. Mm. When they issued these horrific 
statements smearing her, which we now know were drafted by a public relations firm, trying to associate her with national racist groups, which is completely untrue. Um, and so, you know, they went after her pretty seriously. And one thing that came out at the school committee meeting, because I watched it online, it was Zoom, is that they never approached her to try to resolve anything. They just went right after her, tried to attack her legally, tried to attack her reputation. Uh, I don't understand this unless they're hiding something. You know, people who act like they have something to hide very frequently are hiding something. And whether we get to that, who knows? And also uh, the situation with Ramona, you know, the old expression, don't kill the messenger. It's like they're not even... Whoever put this together, like, are they even realizing the consequences of forcing uh, a Caucasian instructor to attempt to teach this and put out the information? And and suddenly, you know, she can, you know, truly feel the tense uh, environment that it creates. And it's it's not her imagination. They they are getting resentful towards her and really anyone who happens to be Caucasian. Well, you know, I don't know, again, what the the goal is here, unless it's just a pure power play, which it might be, or unless they are people who are just, you know, just feel so aggrieved that they have to visit whatever pain they think they've been through on other people. Uh, you know, so it is a complete, it's a societal dead end. There was just a an article in the New York Post, I think it was yesterday, an op-ed by a guy who was an anti-apartheid accident. Uh, activist in South Africa. So he's got credibility. Uh, and he wrote about what this critical race theory is doing in the U.S. And he said it is exactly what has happened in the last few years in post-apartheid South Africa, where you have all the strife because everything centers around race. Uh, and he said, I really recommend people do, you know, look for that. I forget his name, but it really astounding. And he says this obsessive focus on race being the center of everything the end result is perpetual societal strife increased hatred so it's possible to be for equality it's possible for to be for treating people respectfully without regard to race but i think the problem that ramona is facing and that we're facing as a society there's this a specific significant part of our society who controls education, who believes that that perpetual, um, never-ending racial conflict is a good thing. I mean, that is the whole anti-racism narrative. That is the whole critical race narrative, that our society is systemically racist. You can never 100% get rid of it, but you have to fight it every day. It almost becomes a religion. And it's going to take us to a very bad place. What Ramona is going through is really like the canary in the coal mine. It's a warning to our society that what we are doing is really going to rip our society apart. And it is going to do the opposite of what a lot of naive, well-intentioned people think it's going to achieve, which is greater racial equality. What do you think of uh, people like Mayor Lors, the mayor of Providence now, wants to offer reparations and really put this front and center. He's also doing a side project of basically having a lottery to start to award people a monthly supplement to spend whatever they want. But he is still hell-bent going down this reparations path. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell you, John, I don't follow local politics okay. that much. Understood. As, uh, but I have seen about reparations, obviously, both in a general matter. Uh, you know, I think reparations is another thing. Who Who Reparations for people who, you know, were victims of John Crow themselves or descendants, you know, immediately in the generation after slavery. I mean, you can make an understanding for that, but you're asking people who did nothing, people who were born 20 years ago, uh, people who have never discriminated to bear that cost. And what is what is that going to do? It's just going to create more resentment. It's going to, you know, uh, not really achieve anything. And I can't speak to his plan, but I think a lot of these plans are just money grabs. That yeah. people who think they can get money for something, um, you know, people who may not themselves have ever been the victim of anything, uh, 
getting money from people who themselves never victimized anybody. Right. Uh, and if what it comes down to is that, you know, it's everything's based on color of skin. So if you're a white child born in Providence, you now have this obligation uh, because you're an oppressor. And if you're a black child born in Providence, you now have, um, you know, a victim. I mean, what kind of narrative is that for society? Oh. That is like one of the worst things we could possibly do. Folks, again, we're speaking with uh, William Jacobson, Cornell Law School professor, founder of Legal Insurrection, president of Rhode Island-based Legal Insurrection Foundation. And more importantly, again, the website is criticalrace.org. Hey, Bill, what about in uh, with Nicole's case where some of the people that were speaking up in South Kingstown? And this is one of the refrains you hear. uh, If you're against critical race theory, then that makes you a racist. Well, I would argue just the opposite. I mean, I mean, critical race theory, which focuses everything on race, is a very racial narrative. And so I don't accept that at all. And certainly the, the narrative of the quote-unquote anti-racism, as articulated by Kendi, who is the most commonly read book on it, advocates racial discrimination. Kendi's most famous formulation is that current discrimination is justified to remedy past discrimination and future discrimination is justified to um, remedy current discrimination. So that entire narrative is one of racial discrimination. So we have come to a bizarre point in our education system and to some extent our political and social media system where advocating against being racist actually gets you called a racist. So I I don't accept their language. I think it's very pernicious. Uh, And it is not something that people need to shy away from. But I can tell you, if you stand up and you say this focus on race is not healthy, you will be called names without a doubt. And that's how they silence people. And what about finally, uh, otherwise intelligent people that sometimes I agree with, but writing things like, oh, no, critical race theory is important because children need to know history. Well, one thing has nothing to do with the other. I mean, as remote. Una, you know, wrote, and as I think she even testified before the state Senate, um, these are subjects that have been taught. I mean, they were reading books, you know, by great black authors about Jim Crow, about slavery. This was all being taught. The difference is it was being taught along with other things. And what critical race theory in education tries to do is to distort history. Mm. Uh, Like the 1619 Project was maligned really seriously by uh, historians, actual historians who said, what you're saying is factually not correct. The the Revolutionary War was not about maintaining slavery. Right. It's just not true. Hmm. And you're trying to make things. So the 1619 Project is a perfect example of a distortion of history in order to push a racial narrative. And, and uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones even tweeted in a tweet that we saved but has now been taken down that her whole project is about the narrative of history. Mm. So it's not critical race theory in education and what would be taught to your kindergartners and your fifth graders is not about teaching history. It's about creating a narrative as of the United States as a system, systemically irredeemably racist society in order to justify uh, continued conflict and then justify shaming children because of their skin color and when they shame white children it's also in a sense shaming black children because it's sending a message to those black children that somehow they are born victims that they are somehow born less equal than their white compatriots what is worse than that message folks again he is president of rhode island-based legal insurrection foundation cornell law school professor and also founder of Legal Insurrection. The website is criticalrace.org. He is William Jacobson. Bill, I mean it. Great to talk to you. Keep up the good work, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 from MEGA, M-E-G-A, mega truck and trailer repair as i said commercial trailers diesel equipment free estimates fhwa inspections and rhode island state inspection station trailer pickup and delivery 24-hour mobile service serving rhode island and massachusetts it's mega 
truck and trailer repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110. 24-hour mobile service and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, licensed insured contracting company, they will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, National Right to Work Committee President, it's Mark Mix. And Mark, they're, uh, first of all, thank you for joining us. There must be a typo because is this possible how much I'm seeing that organized labor spent on politics and lobbying during the 2020 election cycle? No, there isn't, John. This is not a typo. In fact, the $1.8 billion that they spend is a, is a gargantuan amount of money. And unfortunately, some of these nonpartisan uh, watchdogs, they call themselves watchdogs, who want us to believe that the only thing that unions spend is their PAC money, which is just a tip of the iceberg of what the political activity of organized labor is. And, you know, John, we're using this report that we released on July 22nd that documents the $1.8 billion dollars in lobbying and politics that big labor uh, union officials that file LM2 forms with the Department of Labor report themselves. When we aggregate it all together, that's the number, and it's a gigantic number, and it's, that makes them one of the biggest players in politics. $1.8 billion. and could you walk us through a little bit? Uh, people may not realize, but where, where does that money go into? What does it go into when would I be uh, going off on a limb and saying it's primarily used for Democrat candidates and purposes? <laughs> well, you wouldn't be going out on a limb, John, because the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, the, the percentage of money that's spent on one particular political party uh, sometimes goes up to the 98, 99 percent level, um, and rarely does it ever get below the 90 percent level. So I won't say what party that's going to be, John, but I'll let you draw your own conclusions um, based on a president that says he's a union man, a union president. He's going to promote forced unionism, promote unionism, promote unionism. So, yeah, you uh, your instincts are correct. And, you know, this money gets spent on phone banks and get out the vote drives and and mailings and other so-called in-kind support for candidates is not really reported as political expenditures that's the thing that really makes the difference i mean there are PAC contributions that union makes and this is these are allegedly voluntary i mean they will say they're voluntary but when you sit down and, and get a job in a union shop you get all this paperwork and it it turns out once you fill out the 38 forms that uh, they require you to fill out you have uh, voluntarily assented to give to a political action committee 
And, you know, look, if people want to give to their PACs, that's perfectly fine as long as it's voluntary. But when they start spending forced dues money out of the general treasury, which is what this is talking about, because we're going to the, the source documents, the, the reports they file with the Department of Labor, and we're pulling out the line items as politics and lobbying, and we're aggregating all of that, and that's how we get to $1.8 billion. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, National Right to Work Committee President Mark Mix. New study, National Institute Labor Relations Research, showed organized labor. The United States spent over $1.8 billion with a B on politics lobbying during the 2020 election cycle. Overwhelming majority, $1.4 billion, came from union treasuries. Now, Mark, another big part of this is this is actually... I would, these these are taxpayer dollars because that's who pays a lot of the organized labor salaries to begin with. If there's, you know, teachers or, you know, that's always been a bone of contention with me that as the teachers unions are ginning up all these contracts, it's it's their salaries are paid for by the taxpayers. Well, John, it's interesting you mention that because a lot of that money is not accounted for in this study because basically if you're a union, if, the, for example, the National Education Association or the American Federation of Teachers, if you're not representing private sector employees, you're not filing an LM2 report. So we don't know what a lot of these subsidiaries of the NEA and the AFT are spending on politics and lobbying because they're not required to file. Only private sector unions that represent private sector employees are filing. So we're missing, and that's that's why this is a, this is probably – Probably understated by significant, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars because we're not getting the small affiliates of the National Education Association or the AFT because they're not required to file. And many states don't require them to file these types of reports either. They file their political reports, which says we spent this PAC money, this political action committee money, and that, you know, we can trace that and we have some of that in the study. But when it comes to the general treasury money that they spend on that phone banks and get out the vote drives and in-kind contributions that are not reported politically, that money is basically, you know, in the shadows for those state affiliates. But your point is well taken. I mean, these are taxpayer dollars that pay these people that go into the union coffers and then they turn around and spend it on politics. No question about it. Mark, when's the last time we had someone in the White House that was this basically a puppet and in the pocket of uh, of the unions? Well, you know, I mean, I think this particular president, the current president, has indicated verbally um, uh, a more, you know, more support for forced unionism and union officials than any president in the past. But there have been presidents, including the Bush administration. I mean, you know, this doesn't this is nonpartisan in most instances, unfortunately, John. Um, but the Clintons gave the opportunity for union officials to gain significant power. Um, the Obama administration certainly talked about it, although when you talk to union officials, they get disappointed in the Obama record because he didn't do everything they wanted. They did some of the things they wanted, but Biden's trying to do everything they want. And there's no question they invested heavily in a president that said he's going to expand forced unionism. And you see it in the infrastructure bill. You see it in his support for the so-called PRO Act, which will wipe out all 27 right-to-work laws across the country and force workers across the nation to pay union dues or fees in order to keep their jobs or get a job. That's the type of uh, rhetoric that union officials love to hear and, uh, and basically get really, really chills up their spine when when biden talks about forcing every worker in america to pay union dues or fees to get or keep a job folks again we're speaking with mark mix president national right to work committee mark i don't want to get off on a tangent and i'm saying i would lead us off on a tangent but just a perfect example that many times in new england rhode island people don't even realize how powerful they are and how it just goes off the reservation as far as how business is done it was announced that the Providence Teachers Union, now two years without it, they say two years without a contract, even though the contract never expired, so it just still stays in place. But here's here's the motion for it. I think tonight, the executive board, they, they say they've come to a deal with the state because the state took them over. Because the, the one of the Wall Street Journal did a piece, one of the fourth worst school districts in the country. Executive board tonight, members will vote on it Friday night, then... The details will be released to the public. There's any any other large expenditure. All the details have to first be vetted out. Public meeting. The public can weigh in and so forth. They're the only ones that play by this rule that even if the public's upset about it, it's already a done deal. It's already been ratified. And then by that time, by the time the public sees it, you know, the horse has already left the barn. 
Yeah, John, it's disgusting. It's disgusting what happens behind closed doors. And and the result of that is that union officials get these privileges and powers from elected officials uh, that they support politically, and they turn around and negotiate behind closed doors. You know, oftentimes we have promoted here at the National Right to Work Committee at the state legislatures and others and, and other entities around the country that they have the so-called sunshine law, that all of this negotiation has to occur in the public domain. It can't be an executive session. It can't be behind closed doors. And they can't certainly can't do it. And that's kind of the worst example where they, they negotiate all this behind closed doors, they vote on it, and then they ratify it, and then they tell the taxpayers what it's going to happen, what's going to happen to them. And, and no doubt, John, the states like Rhode Island and like Connecticut and like Illinois and like California and like New Jersey and like New York that have dramatically powerful union officials in the public sector, I mean, those states are financial basket cases. And if it weren't for the, the funny money that uh, was sent by the federal government to these states to bail them out for so-called COVID relief that's now being used for general treasury to to basically correct the problem that's been created in decades in pensions and other government costs i mean these states would be bankrupt by now probably but you're right this kind of secrecy and this behind closed doors and the smoke-filled rooms that we you know that we talked about in the past these still exist today when you talk about union officials spending and negotiating over taxpayer money how can um how can people learn more or read more about the study about this 1.8 billion that was uh, flooded into the political system? Yeah, John, they can find the study at www.nilrr.org. N-I-L-R-R.org. That's National Institute for Labor Relations Research, and this is a research body that that pulls together this data every two years. And they can find the study there, and they can find an explanation. And then, of course, they can find it on the National Right to Work Committee website, too, at nrtwc.org, nrtwc.org. Folks, from the National Right to Work Committee, he is the president, Mark Mix. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401 439-6028 Yankee Tree Service 401-439-6028 Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist Yankee Tree Service They provide various tree services including tree removal, pruning land clearing, stump grinding and bobcat service Check out their website yankeetreeservice.com Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now your family's been members, your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, born a blue-blooded snoot. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue <laughs> You'll never hear Shelby complain He likes clubs with white faces With elite waspy crowds Where for decades kept the Jews away And BLF cannot stay Well, he's not big on diverse faces. Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis. Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces. 
you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Summer's here. You want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family? Pop in and see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's My Health, right in that old white church, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, it's my health where you're going to find vitamins herbal remedies from trusted companies local products like isae honey maple syrup octave skin brushes also over 250 bulk herbs teas and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas it's my health where you'll find hemp and cbd products for oral and topical use natural skincare products hair care, hair care products essential oils body oils and soaps it's my health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401-305-3585. Shop local and stay healthy with It's My Health, right across the street from Davenport Restaurant. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 401- 321-2799 that's 401-321-2799 or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com we're in an accident someone hits your vehicle it's damaged in some way pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body 401-272-3340 they're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence folks as you're riding along you just never know you could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401 272 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have a... Links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401-688-0517, 401 401- 
688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today. Put a purple dumpster in your driveway. Maybe you're doing some spring cleaning, or maybe you want to clean out that basement, the garage, the attic. Call Brothers Disposal today. Get a purple dumpster in your driveway, 401 401- 688-0517. And remember, now offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate. It's Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517. I can breathe clearly now. My mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air my lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, full, full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. Calvino. Call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com. Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401 401- 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com Summer, continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote 401-392-1025 or online lawndoctor.com A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever guaranteed. Call for a free quote today. 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote. 401-392-1025. Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today. 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies? You can depend on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300.